Welcome to the fifth episode of the Squadron's Pirate Radio Podcast. I'm Michaela Sani, co-host along with General Manager Scott King. And joining us today is five-time Paralympic sailor Paul Tingley. Paul, Hello. welcome. Hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming on the show, Paul. Five-time Paralympian. That must make you, what, like 73? Uh, I wish I was that young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, a little long in the tooth on the Paralympic circuit, circuit, but sailing is one of those sports that allows you to just keep on sailing, sailing for life. Yeah, and you, you started sailing as a kid at the WAC. That's right. Yeah, I think it was a good way for my parents to get rid of me for the day and drop me off and we'd go pull around in the arm and... Uh, I think I failed my first white course. Uh, aimed it on the, the wind in the arm, uh, why I didn't pass my points of sail. But uh, it was a great time, lots of fun, a lot of water fights with the squadron, I remember, being <laughs> the height of the summer. So it was good times. And you uh, get a, a racing bug until... Right, yeah, I had no idea about racing at all. I was... Um, doing windsurfing through high school and university. And then when I had my ski accident at age 24, I started to look at all these sports that I could still do from a wheelchair. And uh, I tried a lot, but <clears throat> my physiotherapist, she, Judy Lugar, she was, uh, she had just come back from the Olympics in Barcelona, representing Canada in the 470. And uh, she was a world champion, and she took me over to Shearwater Yacht Club to go on a boat called the Freedom. And uh, we went on that boat. It was owned by Sail Able, and we went for a three-hour cruise in the harbor. And uh, it was nice and uh, spirited sail, 15 to 20 knots. And I just remember that was the most fun I had had since I had been hurt. So... I was immediately stricken with sailing and uh, I was caught the bug and I was going like a hundred times that first summer. The, the challenges of going sailing aren't as hard as you would think from a chair because they've got these specially made boats for people with disabilities. So when I first started on that 20 foot freedom independence they had these um, seats that would slide back and forth and they had counterweights that would slide under the floor so you didn't even see the work that was being done but you could basically go from the low side to the high side uh, and just put like 10 pounds of pressure into that effort so that was pretty easy and there was always straps to keep you from falling out so you didn't have to worry about balance and what I like, one of the things I like most about sailing is the wind does all the work. I don't have to, it's not like rowing or paddling. <laughs> so I can just trim my sail and set my course and, uh, and make way from there. And Sail Able are obviously sailing out of the squadron. Um, Judy Robertson, I believe, very influential there. Um, taught me a little bit about those early days of Sail Able. Yeah, Sail Able's had a long history in Halifax, and I think it started back in the early 90s. And uh, when I look at the bylaws, when they uh, were originally written, Judy Robinson was part of that group. And uh, they had uh, a small keelboat out of the squadron, and it ran there for many years. Then it went to Shearwater, then it went to Dartmouth, and then I think it was 2006 or 
somewhere around there, we moved back to the squadron and uh, the squadron has been a strong supporter of Sail Able and uh, Sail Able is, couldn't have done it without the squadron's help. And we've been um, doing this as a volunteer led organization and we've been growing and growing and we've got these great little boats called Martin 16s that allow you to independently go sailing or if you need a companion then it can go on the back of the boat and we've um, been operating for three months of the year and last year with two instructors I think we had 165 people with disabilities go out wow. and try sailing yeah that's amazing that's and is that I mean that sounds amazing but I mean were you guys surprised at that number or was that something that you thought that, that could be achieved or were you still a bit surprised by the amount of people that you got involved? I think uh, the number is just, I look back and go, that was a good solid summer. That was like really happy because we had two instructors, we had good weather, uh, everything we ran safely because that's our number one kind of thing that we're looking for is safety first. But when you do look at it more deeply, there's a lot of days where the weather was canceled or there's some breakdowns or miscommunications. So I'm pretty sure we can do better. And the demand is there. Like, I mean, sailing just sells itself. So people want that experience. And uh, one of the most gratifying thing is seeing new people go on and try sailing for their first time. And when they come back, they're just, just, you know, the range of emotions, they can be like so overjoyed or sometimes they're sad that they never tried it earlier. <laughs> but regardless, they're all in and they become members and then they tell their friends. So we've just been slowly growing and growing and growing every year. So I can, I expect that we will continue to do that. And as far as the disabling, um, disabled sailing um, world, I mean, um, across Canada, I mean, can you speak to other programs that are, that are um, achieving a sort of similar success or, or possibly the standard bearers when it comes to the sport? Yeah, I sit on the uh, Able Sail Network and that's the, the governing body for Canada's disabled sailing. And uh, so there's about 20 clubs across Canada and uh, I'd say most of them use the Martin 16, uh, which is the flagship for all the, the programs. And um, there's, you know, Quebec, in Montreal has, uh, I think, six boats and they have like eight instructors. And so it's like another level of uh, numbers that they reach. So, uh, I mean, I'm just concerned with our program and I think that we're solid. And I think other people look to us as because uh, we're helping to rewrite the safety policies and we have good uh, coach instruction. So I just think that we have quality as our, you know, the benchmark for sale able. And then we've helped to grow as well outside of Halifax. So we've started a program in Sydney and they're going to probably host the mobility cup in 2022. And then Lunenburg started one, Summerside started one, uh, Shediac has one. And every time they call sale able for consultation, just uh, kind of like best practices moving forward. Outstanding. Outstanding. 
So, Paul, as a parasailer, you're competing alongside athletes with different requirements than yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about the disability sailing classification and how you've seen it evolve or improve over oh, the yes. years? Classification is a, a major part of all disabled sports. And uh, sailing is kind of similar to wheelchair basketball, where you go into the classification, you're poked and prodded and you look at the medical uh, documents and then you're given a number. And the number is between one and seven. So if you're kind of lesser disabled, you'd be a seven. If you're more disabled, you'd be a one. So for example, I'm a paraplegic and I'm a three. Well, on the boat of three, you can only have 14 points at once. So you have to kind of like work out the math where you want to maximize your abilities and uh, get as close to 14 as you can. But um what you do is if you do have a disability, you're allowed to use modifications to help you still do the maneuvers of the boat. So for example, I've, I sit on a bench, uh, slides side to side. And if I time it right, just before the tack, I can always kind of get to the other side as quick as anyone can. Um, I've had double leg amputees and they have basically like a trampoline on the, on the front that covers the whole uh, cockpit. And they can just stay on the high side going side to side as fast as anybody or faster, probably. Um, there's like uh, I've seen people with no arms and they're able to grab the line with their toes. Uh, I've seen the one leg, one arm like it is a full mix. And uh, you would never know it by seeing the boats go around the race course because all you see is the hull and the sails. But it's not until you get back to the dock that you see, like, these people are taking a little bit longer getting out of the boat, and then they're rolling down the docks in their wheelchairs, and you realize, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. You must have some good modifications. And um, so I think out of, in sailing, there's a lot of engineers, and they like those kind of challenges to try to, like, solve the problem to, uh, you know, get the proper purchase, get more strength out of this, get faster, lighter, all those things you're always striving for. Oh, that's excellent. Um, and uh, I read that a philosophy of yours is that perseverance will get you everything. So do you still uh, believe this and kind of tell me how this uh, quote rings true for you? Yeah, I saw that uh, perseverance, patience, and positivity, those things will get you everything you want. So because I sailed here in uh, Halifax, there was no other 2.4 meter sailors, which is the single handed boat that I was sailing in in two Paralympics. So I was really sailing on my own and I just had to go out and kind of persevere through the challenges of learning by yourself. So um, I just think repetition, repetition is the way to go. That's gonna burn it into your brain. Um, and then your muscle memory will take over so you don't have to think about these things. So uh, there's no shortcuts to success. And that's what that quote is all about. And, um, you know, hard work will uh, get you to the finish line. And, uh, you know, I, it seemed to work because uh, I just spent so much time out in Halifax Harbor and I did have a second boat. And I've used other squadron members, uh, luckily, to, to go out and spar against. And uh, they've had fun and uh, they've pushed me. So uh, it's just by going out and doing it in all conditions and uh, never stop practicing. And obviously, Paul, you know, five-time five Paralympics, um, 
you know, first gold medalist for Canada. Um, without going through them all in detail, but I mean, is there one apart from the gold medal? We'll just park that to one side. Apart from winning the gold medal, is there a memory or a particular meet that stands out in your mind? Is any of those Olympics? Well, they are all special, that's for sure. But I'd have to go back to Sydney 2000. It was my first Paralympics, and uh, I was uh, the alternate on a sonar team, and I was asked to go. And uh, I was overjoyed just to go. And then I ended up being chosen to be on the team. And I didn't even, I was just doing the mainsail. And I was trying to do that without messing up the team. But I didn't know anything about all the tactics and strategies. And uh, I felt like a passenger instead of like a participant. But uh, it was amazing because we were right there in Rush Cutters Bay by the Opera House and the bridge. And um, Sydney Olympics had just ended and the people of Australia were so happy and excited to have the Paralympians to keep the party going. And whenever we, we went out, we would just be like swamped and mobbed with people just wanting to, you know, see how we were doing, if they could do anything, they'd buy us a drink at the bar whatnot it was just um it was an energetic feeling and and it being the first time it was yeah, just amazing. um obviously we're particularly proud of that Olympics about it but um and i remember because i was obviously in sydney at that time and and the paralympics um you know garnered so much attention and, su- and support it was certainly the the response from the people was um, um as i remembered as you just um, articulated as well uh, unfortunately i didn't manage to buy you things though i didn't um I would have, I would have, if, if I had a saw you, if I had seen you, I would, I would definitely have bought you a beer for sure. Oh, thank you. Mate. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so just flashing forward again to, to 2014 and the uh, the uh, IFD um, IFDS. I'm sorry, um, that was a big event for the squadron, and yeah. yeah, a leading hand in that. Talk 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 us through that. Yeah, the uh, Disabled Sailing Worlds coming to the squadron in 2014 was a, a major event, and you know, for me personally. I'm going all around the world visiting my friends and their yacht clubs and they'd be able to host at your own club is especially special. So it was a great way for us to show off Halifax and uh, see all my friends come and the squadron really put on a great event. And uh, I would have to say that Heather Robertson was our um, chair lead and she did a tremendous amount of work and a lot of uh, squadron members stepped up and um, it was a, a very successful event. I remember the Mac Center had just kind of opened recently before that. So it was a great way to use to kind of showcase that building. And uh, for our team, we had been spending a lot of time uh, practicing out in Purcell's Cove where the Sonar course was going to be. And uh, it really seemed to have paid off because we had a little bit of local knowledge, I would say. Um, And lo and behold, we were, I think, in first place, maybe halfway through that regatta. But it came down to the last race, and uh, we don't have one of those great stories for that race. It's kind of the opposite. (laughs) So we sailed to the wrong side of the course very uh, confidently. (laughs) And um, we totally botched it up and uh, probably made our coach say a couple choice words from his boat. But anyway, we uh, finished <laughs> second place and that is great because uh, our team was still coming together. And I think you learn a lot from those kind of uh, moments 
So uh, we definitely took that forward, uh, those kind of like covering when you're ahead and um, less risky maneuvers. So we learned a lot there. So even though we didn't get the gold there, I would say it really helped us with the, the final goal, which was Rio, which we did get the bronze medal in. Uh, so speaking of um, the IFTS happening at the squadron, um, you know, you're a bit of a hometown hero for us at the club and also, you know, a sailing icon in the country, if I may say so. Uh, so for you, you know, the squadron, it's like a television show, kind of like Cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. Everybody knows Paul. Uh, so what's it like to come to the club to relax and unwind and go for a sail? It's fantastic. It's so great. And I love that <laughs> show, Cheers. So, yeah, I could just come up to the edge of the bar and I get that beer. But, uh, no, I'm still working to um, get the bar recognition that Norm Peterson had on Cheers. But uh, I uh, love <laughs> We'll get yeah, you there, I, I think. I got so many years <laughs> left to do that. But uh, coming down to the squadron is uh, just so much fun because, you know, so many smiling faces and everyone's happy because they're going sailing and uh, the staff is so great and supportive. So I'm lucky enough to not have to worry about finding a parking spot. So that's much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the, the sailing area is wonderful. Like there's just, uh, I look at the uh, weather forecasts and if it's a beautiful day out, I am overjoyed to be driving to the squadron to spend a few hours. That's great, Paul. We love seeing you at the squadron every chance we get and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll all be back there again soon. Um, tell us, what do you see as the next frontier for the squadron in support of parasailing? Oh, isn't that a good question? Um, yeah, I think that we, uh, Sail Able has been growing um, and we have done that as an organization that is not part of the squadron, but we are hosted by the squadron. So we have been going to the boat shows the uh, last couple of years and there's been quite a few members that have been uh, approaching the Sail Able desk wanting to get more involved. So I would say that there is opportunities to volunteer at sail able if you're a squadron member so uh, things like uh, companion sailing we uh, can we would love to have more companion sailors that would take more people with disabilities out so i think uh, kind of just showing the squadron the good work that's being done and continuing to build our membership uh, that would be success and whether we have um, like a regular regatta that we become involved with time will tell we still need a couple more boats to do that but uh, I still always look at the squadron as leading disabled sailing at least in the Atlantic provinces and um, you know the other clubs kind of look to us to lead that so I still look at squadron sail able program to be the leader for years to come. Well, we obviously agree with you there, Paul. I mean, I, I'm very excited to hear about the development of other other clubs um, around the province specifically. Um, so there's certainly opportunity there to um, to build more competition. Would you agree or are we still a fair way off that? Never know with the competition. Really what I'd like to do is try to work on that grassroots and participation yeah. and just get people, get those bums in the boats and then the people that will want to compete, they will just come out of nowhere. Uh, it's hard to predict. 
And uh, then they just have all the drive and ambition to get better, to learn. They become more engaged with the board. They help drive the whole organization. So I think that will happen organically throughout the Maritimes. And I should say that uh, up in St. John's, they're starting a program there as well. They just got two new boats last year. And uh, so that'll be somewhere else to go. So, Paul, I read here that you joined the, the squadron in 2005, uh, thanks to current Commodore Sean McDermott and past Commodore Archibald. Can you talk about those characters for me for a second? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, had two single-handed boats, and uh, Sean was out uh, in the other boat with me a few times, and we were racing around, just inspiring, doing different races, and I'm sure he was winning. And... Uh, then there was, he was on the board at that time, and then I got a call saying, would I like to be a member if I was representing Canada internationally? Then there is a clause that I could become a, a member of the squadron and uh, sail and train out of there. So Sean got me my uh, first squadron entrance, I guess. So, And then uh, I was able to keep my boat there, and that was the game changer. I just needed a place to park my boat. And uh, then I got to sail against all other kind of sailors. There's like, besides Sean, there'd be like Peter Wickwire, Paul Gallant, Rob Gale, John Roy used to help me, Evan Petley Jones, Mike Evans, Ollie Bone, Greg Blunden, Andrew Childs, Leslie Taylor. All these people have come out and kind of made me a better sailor by. <laughs> <laughs> so much appreciated to say all thanks to all the other members that kind of supported me and the logistics of putting these Olympic campaigns together and there's fundraising and logistics as well so like Honda was able to give me a vehicle to tow the boats around I took that vehicle over to Europe and I was able to drive through the the Alps <laughs> carrying boats behind that Honda, but uh, Mather's freight forwarding here in Halifax was uh, the reason that uh, we got some good deals, but there's a, a bunch of people, but really George Archibald was uh, kind of my campaign leader and he just kind of walked me through all the logistics of fundraising and really just kind of was always a boost of confidence for me. He always, was there as my number one supporter. So I just want to say thanks to George. I think he still is. He's probably your agent by now, is he not? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. I mean, I think George is everyone's agent at one time or another. <laughs> it, takes, it, it takes a great many people, obviously, to put together some of these campaigns. I mean, I think sailing as a sport um, in general involves a, a lot of uh, logistics, um, probably obviously more so than other sports just because you have boats. Um, but certainly from, from your perspective, there's even more than that, even more consideration when it comes to logistics and operational capabilities and so forth. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. There's uh, so much that goes into it. It never stops. And then you're supposed to practice in between all the time that you're preparing for the logistics. So it can be a little overwhelming and to have people like George and other members of the club help with that. It just goes so far. Outstanding. So what piece of advice would you give Paul um, to a, you know, a young disabled sailor? I mean, are there any, well, I guess sailor in general, is there a, is there any pearls of wisdom there that you might want to share? 
I have no wisdom, but uh, in my own experience, uh, just make it fun, keep it fun. I mean, for me, going sailing and practicing was never hard. It, like you, you look at other sports and the, they're grueling it out and putting in the hours and it's tough and it's a slog. Geez, I never cared about any of that. Even if it was raining and light winds, I always thought it was a joy because uh, it was always fun at an early age. So, you know, don't try to shortcut anything. Don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, be patient, persevere, and uh, just keep having fun. Oh, that's well, excellent, excellent advice, Paul. I think we we can all kind of take that <laughs> and run with it. Yeah, I need some pa- <laughs> I need some patience and perseverance myself. I'm I'm inspired. Yeah, how long this last, right? And uh, hopefully, we'll all get out there. Oh, yeah, we're all later. obviously quietly quietly confident of that. But who knows what's around the corner? A week is a long time in general, but a week. It's definitely a long time these days, but but um, no, we'll see how we go. But we'll certainly be ready to go once once the once the whistle goes. Um, but thanks so much for joining us, Paul. I really appreciate your time. It's been great to hear some thoughts from you, and um, hopefully the the members have learnt a bit along the way. Uh, so thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Paul. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for you two to put this on and keep us all so good. And I owe you a beer, so I'll just find that next time. I'll just. <laughs> Get it on the control. Like okay. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, thanks. Just yet?